From Daylight Interactive, this is Stories for You. I'm your host, Kazuki Akiba. This is a show where I talk with different individuals ranging from artists to entrepreneurs about their journey of where they began and where they are now. We would get on the internet and see that there were these like local concerts going on. And, uh, you know, so, you know, being in Birmingham, Alabama on a Friday night and you have one friend who has his driver's license that can drive, we were like, Hey, let's go see what this is all about. Let's go check this out. And so that's kind of when we discovered, um, the DIY music scene, uh, underground music. This week's guest joining us from Birmingham, Alabama is metal and hardcore punk rock musician Kehan Vaziri. Kehan has toured across the U.S. and internationally playing bass for bands such as Die Young, Coliseum, and Yautja. I know you're, uh, you were in- interested in music, so how did you get into it? And you know what was that pivotal moment that you wanted to really be involved in the world of uh, songwriting and playing like heavy metal rock to punk rock? I guess I've always loved music. I've always had an interest in it. I can't really think of a specific moment of where that started, but you know, I definitely know it started with just listening to the radio in the car with my parents or, you know, a family friend going somewhere, uh, just singing the stupidest songs that come on the radio and knowing that I enjoy this. And I guess, uh, when I was in middle school, uh, sixth grade, I, was gifted a guitar from my parents for Christmas. And I remember just wanting to know how to play it immediately and being really frustrated that I couldn't play. And I would try, you know, I, I, my mom took me to a couple lessons and I guess I was still kind of frustrated or kind of antsy and didn't want to take it step by step and, you know, learn theory and stuff like that. I wanted to just kind of, already know how to play. Um, and I remember putting down my guitar for a while. I don't know if it was like six months or a year, but being really frustrated and and putting it away. And I think the moment that made it really click for me was I happened to go to a battle of the bands at, uh, my local high school. My older brother was attending and he had some friends that were playing And I remember going to that and seeing these kids who were not much older than me, you know, playing these, these songs, mostly cover songs, but, you know, playing them really well and playing on a stage in front of people. And that made me think, you know, Hey, if if these guys are doing this, then I can definitely do this. Uh, so I, you know, started to pick up the guitar. Uh, I think I, I traded I want to say I traded my guitar for a bass that was a kid that lived down the street from me and started to play that some. And, uh, and what, what made you like trade, trade the instruments between those? I don't know know if it was, you know, picking, picking up a bass at a friend's house and playing it and thinking, Hey, this is easier. You know, this has four strings uh, as opposed to six. Or if it was kind of like, Hey, you be the bass player, I'll be the guitar player. 
I'll be the drummer, you know, just kind of young kids picking our roles. And, and that was mine for some reason. Um, but yeah, I remember, you know, start, we had a friend who got a drum kit and his name was Carter Wilson. And he's someone who I would end up playing music with, uh, until this day, you know, this was us at, at 14 years old. And, uh, so we started, you know, a, a, a band, not, not a real band, but we called it a band and we would just basically play cover songs at a friend's house or in a friend's garage, wherever someone's parents would let us set up without driving them crazy. I remember we were playing songs by like the Deftones and, uh, Rage Against the Machine and Tool and even trying to play like more classic stuff like Black Sabbath. Um, you know, it's definitely, uh, our, our musical tastes and what we want to play have evolved since then, but that was definitely where we started. Kaon and his bandmates would play in a few competitions like school talent shows and battle the bands. And when he entered high school, he was then introduced to the do-it-yourself underground music scene. We would get on the internet and see that there were these like local concerts going on. And, uh, you know, so, you know, being in Birmingham, Alabama on a Friday night and you have one friend who has his driver's license that can drive, we were like, Hey, let's go see what this is all about. Let's go check this out. And so that's kind of when we discovered, um, the DIY music scene, uh, underground music. Yeah. And it was just cool to see this, this small space in the city. And, you know, there's, there's not a bartender there. There's not a security guard. Uh, it's just kind of like a collective of people putting on this, uh, this experience, you know, it's usually music, but there was also art shows and, and other things, but yeah, that's, that's how I kind of got into being involved with, with the type of music I'm, I am now. From there, Kaon's music evolved from cover songs to writing his own, and he began to form bands with friends he met through the shows and record some of his first demos. And could you describe me that un- underground uh, scene that you've gone through and like how that experience kind of helped you uh, go into more the transition into a professional uh, career eventually? It's more focused on the art. You know, there's less business involved. And obviously there's nothing wrong with business being involved. The you know, I think people understand that you have to survive, you have to provide for yourself and it's nice to make some money, but it more focuses on the music and the art, the good sense of community. I think it, it builds, um, uh, some good ethics as far as being involved in art and, and especially when you move from taking art and turning it into a business, it's kind of a complicated world to navigate, but yeah, I don't know. Something about that just going as a 15-year-old and seeing these bands play and wondering how it worked and and you know how this all came to happen here and it, it's always appealed to me and I think it's something really important to uh to who I am now as far as a person and a musician. But what led you to ultimately uh, take a leap of faith to tour with the band uh, Die Young at the time and how did you meet them? Um I mean, I think that was kind of just being, uh, in a way young and dumb. Uh, you know, I was, I was going to college and, uh, I had seen this band, uh, play in Birmingham a couple of times and 
I guess they had a guitar player who quit. So one of my friends, uh, his name's Jeff Williams. He started playing guitar with this band. And about a year after that, uh, for some reason or another, they needed a bass player. So they, you know, through my friend Jeff, he recommended me. And I just learned these songs and, you know, I, I kind of against my, my parents will, I think told them that I was going to be taking a break from school and hitting the road with this, this hardcore punk band. And, uh, it was kind of a crash course on, on touring and, you know, being in a van for a month at a time and just trying to survive playing this, this music that's not necessarily economically viable or, you know, it's not drawing the most crowds or anything like that. But, uh, you know, it definitely taught me a lot of, about touring really fast. Uh, you know, like taking care of yourself, taking care of your instrument, taking care of, uh, the other people in your band to make this thing successful, whether you're making money or not, you know, there's, there's a lot more that goes into it, uh, as far as surviving a tour and, and getting along with the band for weeks at a time. Kahan worked with Die Young from around 2007 to 2009 and toured on several shows with them, getting a great crash course into being a professional musician. And how that was like? After these words from our sponsors. Welcome back to Stories for You and my conversation with Kahan Vaziri. When we left off, Kahan was on his way of becoming a professional musician, joining a new band known as Die Young. It wasn't an easy path as it gave Kahan a valuable lesson. When you decided to take that decision to join a band and leave school for a bit, why did you think your parents uh, kind of resented the idea? Um, I just think because, you know, they, they saw that, you know, maybe I was on this path to, to really pursue, uh, academics, I guess. And like, cause like I, I was in the honors program at Montevallo and I had some scholarship money and was living on campus. So I think they kind of thought, okay, like he did this music thing in high school. Maybe it was just a phase. Not that they, not that they didn't encourage it. You know, I think they, they definitely saw the positive aspects of it, but I think that they didn't think that it would go past what it had already been. And, uh, you know, they, they definitely, uh, were hesitant to, to be okay with me leaving this college experience that I transitioned into and, you know, get in a van with a couple, a couple hardcore guys from Texas and <laughs> travel around the country at 19 years old. Um, but they're, you know, they've always been supportive. Um, whether they thought it was best for me or not, they, they've always supported what I've done and they still do now. So, uh, I just think it was kind of scary for them as parents to send their teenager off to ride around the country in a van for a month. Yeah, I bet. I mean, it's understandable cause, because I also kind of went to the whole art route where I decided to go to film school and having the Asian parents and Asian family, they were really against me going to film school. It's uh, 
uh, for like, you know, good reasons totally. because, you know, art does not really make money. And I think it's part of it is because they don't really know the unknown as much. So they're kind of scared for people to be out of that comfort zone, I think, from what I noticed. So when was that moment when you realized when you felt that your parents were kind of starting to get OK with you going into this route? Um, I, you know, uh, I think I had to do, it's funny, like uh, off of what you said for sure. Like, you know, my, my dad is Iranian and I think in, in Iranian culture, a lot of the success as far as like your offspring goes is based on, uh, their career path. And, and, you know, there's lots of doctors and lawyers and attorneys and, I think my dad definitely wanted something like that for me. Uh, and that was, you know, part of the hesitation when I, when it looked like I was going to pursue playing music and, and being a musician and touring and stuff like that. But, you know, I think eventually as what I was doing was progressing and, you know, I was in bands that were, you know, traveling to this nice studio to record an album that a label was putting out or, Hey, you know, like, look, my band made a music video or look, Hey, we played this festival and there were, you know, a thousand people there or there were 5,000 people there. Um, I think showing them things like that and, and even them, you know, attending a, a show that one of these bands played in Birmingham and seeing that, Hey, you know, look, there's, there's people here and, and he's having a good time and, 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 I think them seeing me happy in the environment I created with my music and, and bands I played in, uh, brought them some peace maybe and, and kind of showed them that, Hey, you know, that he's going to be okay. You know, like this is going to be something that can be a career for him and also something that he enjoys doing. Um, uh, I think maybe my, my dad needed a little bit more convincing than, than my mom, but he's always been supportive of what I've done. So from that young, you also transitioned into joining uh Coliseum and Yacha, two big punk rock bands and being their bassist. Right. So can you tell me about your time when you first started there and where you are now with them and what are some of the takeaways you got from them from working with them? Um, so yeah. Um, uh, when I, when I moved to Nashville, um, you know, just, just through my, my roommate, I, I had met the Tyler and, and Shibby. Those are the other two guys in Yaucha, um, Tyler Coburn and Shibby pool. Um, I know that, that he's so, so I met, I moved into this house in Nashville. My roommate had just stopped playing with them and, he said, you know, I'll, I'll tell them about you and you guys should meet up and, and see if you like it. And from there, you know, I started practicing with those guys and playing shows and writing music. And uh, about a year after that, uh, my friend Carter, who had been playing in Coliseum, you know, told me that they were in need of a bass player and that, you know, they'd love for me to come play these, these couple of shows with them. And if I liked it, then there might be a future doing that. And, uh, Coliseum had been a band for several years at that point, And they were kind of an already established band that had, you know, been on a couple labels and put out some records and done some extensive touring. 
Kehan joined Coliseum in 2012, and at the same time, he was finishing school and recording albums with Yaucha. So it was kind of chaos there for a moment. Uh, was kind of stretching myself pretty thin. Um, but yeah, I think when I graduated in, in 2013, I kind of went full force as far as touring and, and playing music and recording with these bands. And, you know, Coliseum had a chance to play uh, a lot of cool shows all over the U S. Um, I did, uh, two European tours with them that were a lot of fun. Um, we, I, I got to go to Australia for the first time and play the sound wave festival, which is like a traveling music festival. Um, you kind of just hit all the, the bigger cities on the, the Southern, you kind of go from, from east to west of Australia and basically flying from city to city. So that was, that was pretty surreal for me. That was like kind of a, wow, like this is, this is a big deal and playing to lots of people. And I don't know, it was kind of like the rock star treatment. You know, if, if anyone ever used the word rock star talking about me, I would kind of, kind of scoff pretty hard at that and laugh at that. But that was, it was fun to do that with Coliseum and, uh, you know, those guys are good friends of mine still to this day. And it was just fun to do that with them and kind of live outside of the, the DIY world, I guess, in a way, because, you know, the, the bands I'm in now, we we're, we're on labels and we, uh, we have booking agents and I think Coliseum even tried to have a couple managers, uh, sometimes. And, but we still, ha we still have those DIY ethics, even though we're, in a business world of music now, uh, doing that Soundwave tour was a lot of fun because it was kind of like being on like rock and roll vacation in a way. I'm sure there were lots of bands who were used to that treatment all the time, you know, on that tour. But for us, it was kind of like living in a different world. Um, you know, like some of the headlining bands, you know, you're like playing with Green Day or... Uh, Alice in Chains or Jimmy Eat World, you know, like playing with these bands who are kind of out of the world of music that we're typically playing in. Um, but yeah, uh, Coliseum stopped in 2015. Uh, Yaucha continued on to write and record some, some albums and, and do a couple tours. And uh, right now we're trying to finish up writing our second full length album and hopefully record that in the spring, late spring, early summer of, of this year. And hopefully it will be released uh, in the fall or later this year. And then we'll probably tour off of that record pretty extensively, I imagine. What I wanted to know was, uh, you know, as an uh, band, you go around in all these tours and uh, shows. So I kind of want to know what the ske typical schedule was for you guys from like day to day or month to month. Like what, what, like what, ha what's the inside scoop in those? All the guys in Yaucha, um, we all do stuff while we're at home, while we're not on tour too. So, um, you know, I've got the store now before that I had helped a friend of mine open a, a hot dog shop here in Birmingham, a friend that I've worked kitchen jobs with, uh, for several years. Um, the other guys work at, uh, Tyler works at third man records in Nashville. Sometimes it's, it's like Jack White's, uh, record label. He'll work there a lot. And, uh, Shibby is an audio engineer and he also works for a company that works on recording consoles. 
Um, but as far as touring, yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll either, uh, through, we've done a lot of tours where we're invited by another band's booking agent to, uh, like join a touring package or, uh, we'll, we'll do a lot of booking ourselves. Uh, Tyler from Yacha does a lot of, of booking for us. Uh, and so, you know, we'll, we'll through emailing and texting and, you know, sometimes unfortunately Facebook messaging, uh, we'll, we'll book a tour, uh, usually a couple months out before it starts. And, um, you know, leading up to that, we're, you know, promoting stuff, you know, we're, we're right, maybe writing a new song or two, practicing our set, you know, pr- printing up merch, uh, and then, you know, like the week or two uh, leading up to that, practicing pretty hard and, um, then hitting the road. Kahan also described what a typical touring day might be like. I feel like load in, depending on where you're, you're playing at is anywhere from, you know, three or 4 PM to maybe seven or 8 PM, uh, depending on if you're playing a more professional venue or you're playing a house show, which we still occasionally do. Sometimes we, we, we like to mix it up a lot with that band as far as, you know, playing these bigger venues and then, you know, maybe having an off day from a bigger touring package, we'll still end up playing, uh, a dive bar or someone's basement or something like that. Uh, well, you know, we still like to keep a lot of connections to the DIY world. Um, but you know, we'll play We'll play the show. Uh, I guess it'll end anywhere from 10 to midnight. Uh, and Yaucha is a band that really likes our, our cool food or our weird snacks in whatever city we're in. So we'll probably hit up somewhere to eat. And then we typically try to, to stay with people that we've met, uh, through playing music. Um, you know, hotels are fun and, and sometimes you can't find somewhere to stay, but, uh, you know, a fun part of touring to us is, is definitely, uh, holding up for a night with a good friend of ours and hanging out. Uh, you know, we, we go on tour, we go on tour to, to play our music and share our art with people. But I think for us personally, we, we go on tour to, to travel and, and, you know, experience different things with people and, and friends of ours. And I don't know, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I think uh, another thing of touring though, that, that is a, a downside is, uh, you know, trying to, to take care of yourself and sleep and stuff like that. So, you know, sometimes you'll end up not going to bed and until, you know, anywhere from 1am to 4am. And it's, it's not because you're partying or something like that. It's just because of logistically how things are, you know, the show will end at midnight and then you still have to load out your equipment and then, you know, maybe eat a late dinner. And then once you get to someone's house and hang out with them and talk to them for a minute and get settled in, it's 2am and you have to be up, you know, maybe at at 7am to drive eight hours somewhere. The bands I'm in, we still typically tour in, in 12 to 15 passenger vans and stuff like that. I've, I've never done a tour. I've been on a tour bus, but that's a slightly different schedule as far as the traveling and day to day goes. So all of the schedule, uh, depends on the scope of the shows or the tour you guys are in. Absolutely. Yeah. You nailed it. So, you know, sometimes you'll be, uh, on a, 
uh, a touring package where there's four bands and you're the first of four or second of four or so you'll have to be at the venue early to load in and set up and everyone has to sound check but you know you might be playing a show where it's a house show that doesn't start until 10 o'clock at night so it's definitely more of a laxed uh, situation where you don't have to load in super early and there's not a full sound check with a sound engineer and uh, a monitor person and stuff like that. As you've gone through like hundreds of tours at this point, how has that shaped you as a person and what kind of songs did you produce and what were some of your favorites out of that? Um, I think that, uh, you know, like as far as touring goes, it's, it's definitely taught me a lot of patience and it's also taught me to, uh, I guess be very flexible. You know, there's going to be times when you're going to be in situations where, you know, you're not comfortable or, you know, you may have to like work around a bunch of stuff. Like, you know, in the, in the earlier days of my touring, there were definitely a lot of, of nights where, you know, you, you have somewhere to stay, but there's no room. So you're like in, you're sleeping underneath someone's kitchen table in a sleeping bag, or you're sleeping in the van in a maybe not so safe neighborhood or something like that. But it's, so it, I guess it taught me a lot of being flexible and, uh, maybe not the best situation and, and still trying to be comfortable. Um, as far as writing music goes, um, you know, I've, I've playing with all the bands I've played with and doing all the touring, I've been exposed to all kinds of music and, and all kinds of people, uh, who, you know, might have their own special insight uh, in, into the instrument or into the music and taught me a lot of cool things. Uh, but yeah, I've definitely, the music that I've recorded with, with, uh, Yaucha and Coliseum, uh, I've had so much fun, uh, you know, playing these songs and writing these songs with, with my friends and, I don't know. It was very cool because, you know, there, there are definitely people who will be in situations where they might join a band uh, that's been established and they will strictly be filling the role as being the bass player, for example. Like, hey, these are the songs. They're written. Just play them. Play them well. And that's it. This is a job for you. But, you know, with, with Yaucha and Coliseum, I was able to step in and be able to contribute things and be creative and, you know, have my other bandmates listen to me. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was very thankful for that because, you know, in, in music there can be a lot of egos and there can be a lot of, uh, negative mentalities that can kind of squash creativity in a way. But I was, I was thankful to, to be in two bands where, uh, you know, my, my creativity could thrive and I could contribute things and, be heard on ideas and stuff like that. While working with these two bands, what would you say was the most memorable record or songs you worked on for both of them? I think, uh, with Coliseum, uh, the, the last record we put out before the band split up, uh, it's called anxiety's kiss. things on that record for me. I, I love all the songs and I, I love some of the, the parts that I was 
was able to contribute to, to some of the songs on the record. But I remember there was one day when we were in the studio, uh, and we were recording with, with Jay Robbins in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, and he recording with him was, was, you know, it was an insane opportunity for me and, and Coliseum had recorded with him before, but, uh, he, he played in a, a band called Jawbox. Uh, that was a huge band in the nineties. They were extremely influential and I was a big fan of them. So to, to get, and he's recorded, you know, a lots of amazing records as well. Uh, it's called Magpie Cage Studios in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, there was one day though, when we were recording and, uh, Ryan, our singer guitar player and, and Jay had left to go get some lunch and me and Carter, our drummer decided to stay and just kind of mess around in the tracking room. Uh, and we were just kind of jamming messing around with some stuff. I was playing the guitar. He was on drums and we ended up writing the song while these, these guys went out to get some food. And when they came back, we were, you know, still playing it. And they were kind of like, what is that? Like, is that, are you guys like playing someone else's song or is this something y'all made up? And we're like, Hey, yeah, we just wrote this, you know, in the 45 minutes that you guys were gone, but it's really cool. And they were like, well, Hey, let's mess around with this. Um, uh, let's, uh, let's turn this into a real song. And, uh, you know, it, it ended up being on the record. Uh, and I don't know. I think that that was definitely something that I remember the most from that recording session that turning into a real song on the record was pretty memorable. Uh, the song's called come down and it's on anxiety's kiss, uh, Coliseum record. Coliseum has like a certain direction in one way and Yacha has more of an experimental approach. So how did you adapt to those two different atmospheres or environments? Coliseum and Yacha are definitely two different bands. Um, two very different bands. Uh, I think Coliseum, uh, you know, I think it's a very innovative band, but as far as like songwriting structure goes, um, it's a little bit more traditional than Yacha. Like, uh, yeah, like you said, Yacha does a lot of kind of, uh, maybe you could call it avant-garde style stuff, uh, as far as time signatures and rhythms and, uh, you know, kind of less musical parts, even going into, uh, I guess what some people would call noisier parts. Um, uh, I guess abstract is a, is a good word to use for it. Um, but yeah, I really did like, uh, it was cool playing in both of those bands when they were both active at the same time, because it allowed for kind of different releases, uh, with both bands, you know, Yaucha is definitely more aggressive and, uh, off the wall, I'd say. And Coliseum was a little bit more mechanical and, and focused and, 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 kind of had a more of a traditional vibe as far as the type of music we were playing. Uh, not, not maybe, maybe more straightforward than traditionals. Of it. And like throughout those times, uh, I know you mentioned some of the tours and festivals, but could you tell me what was the most memorable tour fest uh, festival you were on? Um, well for Coliseum, I would definitely say the Soundwave festival in Australia was one of the most memorable things we did. Um, uh, 
and my first time going to Australia and, uh, you know, like definitely the highest level of touring that I've been involved with as far as professional touring goes. Um, it was really fun and really cool to see, you know, behind the scenes on how, how all that operates. Maybe my most memorable tour with Yaucha, this may sound strange, but th- this was, there was a tour. Um, it was in the fall of 2014. We were going to do a kind of a East Coast Midwest tour and play a couple of Canada shows as well. And on the first day of the tour, we actually weren't even playing a show. We were traveling to meet up with the band that we were touring with. Uh, they were a band called No Brainer. And we drove to St. Louis. Uh, we were going to go to St. Louis and watch uh, a friend, some friends of ours play and stay the night there and then continue driving the rest of the way to meet up with the tour. But um, we actually ended up getting our van broken into and getting a lot of stuff stolen from us, including uh, our passports. Uh, two, two of our passports got stolen. Um, so uh, that was like, you know, obviously a terrible way to start a tour. And we were kind of just like, what do we do? Uh, we're supposed to be playing in Canada in a couple of days. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I got both of my personal bags stolen with all my clothes and like medication and toiletries and stuff like that. Um, so we were kind of just sitting there in St. Louis, um, just kind of like, Hey, what do we do? Do we even carry on? Do we just go home and give up? But we kind of like rallied ourselves and we played the next couple of shows Um, I went to a thrift store and bought some clothes. Uh, we went to a, a passport office in Minneapolis, um, which is, you know, it's not like going to like a post office where you can get a passport. You can actually get a passport in a couple of hours. And we were able to do that. Um, and luckily the two shows that we played leading up to that after we were robbed, you know, people at the shows were very generous and and bought a lot of merch and donated money towards the band. Um, but yeah, we were able to get our passports and borrow some, some gear and kind of, you know, soldiered forth on this tour. And it ended up being one of the more memorable, memorable tours for me with Yacha because it started off, you know, in such a grim and dire circumstances and it ended up being a great tour. Uh, you know, we, we met a lot of cool people on that tour and a lot of people who are still friends to this day that band no brainer is definitely really, really good friends with us. But yeah, I don't know that that was memorable to me because it was kind of a situation where, you know, everything looks like it's not going to work out at all. And we, we had thoughts of turning back and just going home and canceling the whole thing. But through the, the generosity of, you know, the community that, that we play music in, we were able to pull this off and, you know, also rallying with your bandmates, and, and toughing it out is, is a lot. That's another big aspect with like, with DIY music, especially is, is risk. Um, you know, there's a lot of risk put in, into, you know, maybe leaving a job or, or leaving, uh, a partner or leaving your family and trying to make something happen. And, you know, a lot of the times it doesn't, you know, a lot of the times you put relationships and jobs and money on the line and you come home from a tour and you're just kind of like, Hey, was that worth it? But how were you able to push through it? Cause you went through it. Yeah. I mean, 
I think as long as I'm enjoying it and as long as it's an outlet for me to express myself and to create something new and exciting, that's going to let me travel and, and do the stuff I want to do, then I'm going to pursue it. And throughout your time working, like what are some uh, roadblocks that you face in the industry? Cause, because it must've been pretty tough going through that intense, um, schedules was a tour recording and everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I guess as far as roadblocks go, um, you know, obviously I've always lived in the South. I've always lived in, in Birmingham. I lived in Nashville for, uh, about four and a half years while I was going to school there. And a little bit afterwards while I was playing with Yacha, um, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that being from, uh, smaller cities, uh, especially in the South makes it more difficult for bands as opposed to a band being, you know, uh, from, from New York city, from Brooklyn or a band being from LA or, you know, even Boston or Philadelphia, you're kind of in those hot spots as far as, uh, entertainment goes, or especially live music, you know, someone who lives in the Northeast is going to be able to more easily travel around and hit these bigger hubs for, for live music. Um, and it also goes along with, with notoriety in a way, you know, uh, I think a band coming from Birmingham, Alabama, for example, is going to catch less attention than a band coming from Los Angeles or, or New York or something like that. Uh, and, and that's, and that's not a huge roadblock, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Especially earlier on, their uh, fi- financial stuff was was hard. You know, uh, it was difficult to you know secure uh, transportation for tours. Sometimes, uh, you know, having a van big enough to maybe not so comfortably uh, hold all your equipment and your bandmates and your merchandise, and and just paying for you know just just surviving on the road, paying for for food and, and stuff like that. Or if you have to get a hotel, uh, definitely earlier on, it was a struggle. Uh, cause you know, I, we were, we were guys who had these part-time jobs. And sometimes when you left for tour, uh, you wouldn't have a job when you came back. Uh, I, th- I think part of the art of, of playing underground music is, is finding something that you can survive off of while still, doing what you love and, and trying to make that something you can survive off of. Uh, you know, I've been really lucky to, to work at a lot of places in the past that, uh, catered to musicians in a way that they would, you know, give you work and then let you leave for weeks or even a month or two at a time and then come back and still have a job. I was very, very lucky to work at places like that. And I guess now owning my own business, uh, is kind of the ultimate end of that, you know, cause if, if I'm in charge of, of the work back home, then it makes it a lot easier to work around the, the touring and stuff like that. What's in the future for you and what kind of uh, impact do you want to bring to future generations? I guess what's in the future for me right now is, um, you know, we're trying to finish writing this new Yaucha record and we, I don't, we haven't really decided where we want to record it yet. Uh, in the past we've recorded with our friend Mikey Allred in Nashville. We've done our past couple of records with him. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to do that with him again or try someone new, but yeah, the goal is to finish writing record in late spring, early summer of this year, and hopefully have a release before the end of the year and, 
do some pretty heavy touring after that. I don't think we have any touring plans for this year because we're going to focus more on writing. Uh, but we may end up playing a couple of festivals this summer. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm always, I'm always playing other music on the side too. Uh, besides Yaucha, I'm always playing with people around Birmingham and starting new bands and projects and recording stuff. And I'm always booking shows in Birmingham. Uh, there's a local DIY venue called the firehouse that I'm pretty involved with as far as booking shows there, promoting shows. Uh, if it's not my show, I'll end up running sound for people or helping maintain the venue and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm just going to kind of keep doing what I'm doing and, you know, running, running vineyard food market here in Birmingham as well with my dad, but that's the goal for now. Yeah. Uh, but what kind of advice would you give to someone who's trying to break in into the whole underground scene? My advice would be to just don't get discouraged, I guess, is, is the best advice I can make. Cause you know, it's, it takes a minute to find something that you can latch onto and somewhere where you feel comfortable and safe and somewhere where you can thrive. And I, I guess I, I would like to tell people don't get discouraged. You know, if you, if you go to a show and it seems like people aren't being friendly to you or like you don't belong there, but you still really like the music. Don't let that, that discourage you from, from going back again, or maybe seeking out another place where you can find stuff like that. You know, I know it can be really, really hard to, to feel included somewhere, but I feel like once I found that, that kind of helped me thrive and, and helped me really find what I was into and, and be able to live, you know, the, the type of life that I wanted. I started playing guitar and I thought that I couldn't do it. And I, I thought it was too much work and that could have been it for me. You know, that I could have put it away. I could have, you know, played more video games or watched more TV or, or, or played more soccer or something as a kid and forgot playing music. But I think, uh, you know, I saw something that sparked something in me to make me really want to hunker down and, and learn this thing that I want to do. Uh, so yeah, it's all about not, not being easily swayed away from, from what you think you might be into. Thanks for listening to this episode with metal and punk rock bassist Kehan Viziri. If you want to learn more about his music, please check out his website below. And keep an eye out for Yacht's newest album later this year. This is a Daylight Interactive production. Stories for You is hosted by me, Kazuki Kiba, and produced by me and Reed Yerman. Additional dialogue written by Tiffany Koo and Nicole Bernardo. Edited by me and Nicole Bernardo. Aaron Gibbs and Grey Laptop mixed the episode with music by Grey Laptop. Special thanks to Aaron Gibbs for the recording in Birmingham, Alabama. If you like Stories for You, leave us a review and spread the word. Join us next time on Stories for You for our season finale.